Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour from Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. And I'm really excited to bring to you a new friend of mine, Jean Ralston, who is just an amazing person who has, gosh, she has, she's like a serial reinventor. And the serial reinventors really impressed me because I have to say, reinventing once is hard enough. And she's done it so many different times. She, mainly, as she will tell you, because of her husband who has got wanderlust, moves all over the place, reinvents herself all over the place. She's gone from being a journalist to a lavender farmer and to living down in Mexico and homeschooling her kids to coming back and inventing a new product called Next Tribe, which is kind of a Covey Club kind of thing, bringing women together in friendship so that they can meet and connect with women like themselves for this midlife part of their lives. Because as you know, this can get very isolating. And especially when your kids get to be a little bit older and they go off to school or to college and you're left there. And who are you going to be and how are you going to be? And that's the question that Jeannie's in search of. So I want to welcome our wonderful guest, Jeannie Ralston from Next Tribe. I want to say hello today to a really great friend of mine who I just saw the other day and got to know a little bit better, someone you're just love, Jeannie Ralston. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me here. We are so happy to have you. You are doing something, you know, kind of similar to what Covey Club is, but you um, have your own spin on it. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm the editor of nexttribe.com. And I love to think that we're both uh, lifting up women in our age group because we sure need some um, solidarity, don't we? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And that's what's so much fun is we we all believe that we do better together than we do apart. And yes. um, so I'm really excited to bring Jeannie to you. Jeannie, let's start by you are a multi serial reinventor. When I found out your history, I look like a you know, I look like I've had a straight line in comparison <laughs> comparison to you. Why don't you talk a little bit about first of all where you're from and then how you uh, started out and then, you know, a sort of rapid walk yes. through your various re reinventions. And then I really want to talk about the lavender farm. Let's go <laughs> ahead. Okay. So I grew up in uh, East Tennessee, Kingsport, Tennessee, and uh, went to college uh, at the University of South Carolina. So I had, you know, just a, a regular background, regular childhood. And then I, but I love journalism. I love writing. And I ended and. I just set my sights pretty high, wanted to go to New York, and I worked for, I uh, got an internship at McCall's Magazine, remember that? Yes, <laughs> I, re I wrote for them, they were great. Yes, and then, so I've been in, so that part of writing and freelance writing, doing some editing, being a contributor, contributing editor at various publications, and then moved to, so that was about 10 years in New York. Then I met a man who, a Texan. So I ended up in Texas and Austin area and um, still freelancing, being a contributing editor at Allure and Ladies Home Journal and so forth. 
But uh, my after a few, four years in Austin, my husband wanted to move out to the countryside in uh, rural Texas, which uh, after being in New York, I was like, what? I can't, I can't be without people around me. But um, we were in a, we were at a, on a 200 acre uh, piece of land and I couldn't see any neighbors from sounds my- Sounds divine. <laughs> yes, it oh. sounds divine to a lot of people. And maybe it sounds more divine now, but at the time, you know, I was like 30. And I was like, I've got a, my career, my career, you know, how am I going to do this from way out here? Well, I did find a way to, to, to uh, keep writing, you know, that's the beauty of freelance journalism. But my husband has, he's just a, he's very restless and always has big ideas. So he decided that after a, he's a photographer for National Geographic. So after a stint over in, uh, in France doing a story on perfume making around the world and photographing the harvest, the lavender harvest, he decided that we could grow lavender in Texas, in the hill country of Texas. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I was the doubting Thomas. I was the one who's like, no, no, but he planted it. And, and I said, I know that what's going to happen is you're going to be off on assignment when this, when this blooms and then it's going to fall on me. And I had two little kids. But, and that's exactly what happened. But what I found, <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. But what I found is that I loved the lavender. I mean, I couldn't have imagined that I would love working in lavender with, you know, farming. I mean, seriously, farming, weeding, all of that. And when it bloomed, it was so gorgeous, just fabulous. It must streaks. have been stunning. Oh, yes. It was just streaks of purple in our, you know, in front of our house, about an acre and a half of it. And so I thought this is too beautiful to keep to myself. So I started putting out notices in local, the Austin paper and San Antonio paper for people to come cut their own lavender. And um, it just took off from there. And I, uh, I'm just, completely took it over and just started marketing and making products and get, I just adored it because of, you know, one thing is that, you know, working with, working with your hands, it's something, yes. and, and something tangible. It's something yeah. I had never done. Yeah. And then it also suited my need to, you know, I was pretty lonely out there, but I had people coming every weekend during blooming season. Mm. So for me, it was like a big party every weekend and it suited <laughs> my, like my social uh, inclination. Right. So I, so, in, you know, one, one, um, weekend we, we started the a lavender festival in our hometown of Blanco and we had 17,000 people at our house over one weekend. So <laughs> seriously, people came to your house. This was in like year five of our lavender farm. So how wait, how many acres were you farming by then? By, by then it was four acres in, oh in this field God. in front of our house. So it was it was magical, and we'd been written up in a lot of of places, you know, a lot of newspapers and so forth. So people, the word was really out. But and for me, that's just heaven. I mean, being you know here I was, you know, earlier like. I can't see anybody from my house. And now I've got 17,000 people. Oh my through. goodness. What kind of things were you making? We made soaps and uh, we actually distilled lavender oil and we, we made sachets. And then, you know, we did this, I kept adding products because lavender goes with everything and we mm -hmm. put it in, you know, insect repellent and so forth. But uh, the, the, 
thing that my husband just like he drew the line at it. I met, I found lavender scented pencils and he's like, okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. I can imagine the kids would love that. My daughter uh, would have loved that kind of thing. They loved it too. And my, you know, my sons would sell lavender lemonade and, you know, oh my, my little God. son who was at six at the time and a little gruff voice would go, I'm raising money for college. Buy some lavender <laughs> lemonade. You know, he was just, a, you know, he was a great salesman even the, at six. <laughs> That's incredible. How many years did you do that for? We did that five years. And um, the lavender farm is still, we ended up selling it to one of our employees and it still exists, Hill Country Lavender. Wow. And it, um, this Blanco Lavender Festival still exists. And she's, she's done great. She's done great things with it. So, um, you know, why did you, now, why did you decide you didn't want to do lavender anymore? It sounds absolutely extraordinary. Well, it was, and, um, well, it actually, my husband, I'll just admit it. My husband, I almost got divorced over this because he wanted, Uh we had built this gorgeous house, you know, in an old stone barn. And he decided, I think I said he was restless. So he Mm -hmm. decided let's do something else. You know, let's go. I'm like, what? We've oh got my God. We've he got is restless. Okay. Is, and so, uh, but anyway, we, what, what came next was just as beautiful. And so, um, you know, I ended up going along and making the best of it. And um, so we sold, and then we ended up going to, we living in um, San Miguel de Allende in Mexico for four years. So, was not bad duty, I have to say. <laughs> so he kind of leads you into reinventions. It's kind well, of interesting. Uh, well, I would say he, I would say he showed me the way. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, probably my idea was more straight and narrow, like, okay, it's just magazine journalism all the way. And mm-hmm. um, that's just what I'm doing. But I think he showed me the way that, you know, you can, you can take these, you can take some side routes and, and so forth. And, and still, uh, still succeed, you know, so in, in life, you know, maybe, you know, that's the, the idea is you, you, you have a fulfilling life, not, not that's in my mind, not necessarily mm-hmm. have fulfilling in one specific area. You just, uh, in the end you want to have like, Oh yeah, I, I did that. And I did this and that was cool. That's, that's how I think. But, um, now, why did you go to San Miguel? Why did you pick San Miguel? And well, you gave up the farm. You sold the farm, as they say. Sold Someone, the farm. You, right. Um, we went there because, well, we, since we were both freelance and our boys were, were speaking Spanish <clears throat> from the time they were little, we had a Spanish-speaking babysitter, and we decided we wanted them to, to just become fluent. And because we were both freelancers and – he just up and went and um, I should say up and went. It sounded easier than it was. <laughs> but um, so we wanted, yeah. So they ended up going to a bilingual school and we just, we had a great adventure as a family. And how long were you in San Miguel? We were there four years and we returned because the boys were hitting middle school and we felt like they needed more um, educational opportunities. So how long have you had your feet on the ground in one place? Um, in this part of Texas now since 2010. So 
Oh my years. God, that sounds way too long. I like, know, that's what people say. They can't believe we're still here. <laughs> no, something else is coming for you. I, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I probably, probably. But so, uh, so then but, after you left San Miguel, you came back. And then when did you start Next Tribe and why did you start it? Well, I in between, I had... Um, a, we did some homeschool. We we came back, but we weren't ready to get into the you know traditional American system in right. our minds. And so we homeschooled for a year and traveled with the boys to South America and Africa. And oh. then I know. And then the uh, a year uh, that was supposed to go on only a year, but we all liked it so much that we did another year. And oh so goodness. we did traveling. We studied ancient history, and then went all to to Egypt and Turkey and Rome and Greece. And we were in, we were in Cairo like two weeks after Mubarak stepped down. So we were really there kind of in the Arab spring, which is a wow. whole other story. Oh my God. Okay. But, um, and then we did it. So we did three years of homeschooling and traveling. And then they, they went to a private school in, in, um, in the area. And I ended up teaching creative writing there and then my other uh, reinvention was I became an English teacher for a year there when my um, they needed a, a high school English teacher. And where is this in, in Egypt? No, no, I'm so sorry. In near here in Dripping Springs. Sorry, oh, we're back. back we're in back Texas. in Texas. <laughs> I can't keep track of you. Oh, back in Texas. Okay, back in All Texas. Right. So that was another reinvention: is to become a an uh, English teacher. Wow, an English teacher. So. Uh, which was fabulous. I loved that that too. But um, so why I started Next Tribe, I guess, is because when my youngest son uh, left for college, I, I did hit a pretty serious depression. It was a really right. hard time for me. And I was, you know, one part of me was saying, oh, my life is over. Yes, and the other right. part was like, uh, let's see, you've got quite a few years left. So right, right. What, what's, what are you going to do with them? And I, you know, I went online to just see what if, what other other women in my situation did, and and I couldn't find anything because, of course, more magazine wasn't in operation, right. and I felt that void. I really yes. did. Yeah. And um, so I actually I started thinking, well, I guess I could do something, and you know, it's it's hard. You know, here I'm in 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 Texas, and um, it it's it's kind of hard to get the gumption to to start something like this, that's going to be national, you know, and within mm -hmm. scope. And I'm like, kept thinking, uh, I just don't really have the credentials to do this. What am I thinking? Who do I think I am? And that, and that kind that's of thing. Great though. But that's, that's what everybody thinks. And the answer is you do. You just jump in. And I'm very lucky. I have a business partner who wanted to do this too. So we just kind of jumped into it. And I just felt like there wasn't anything out there that really, spoke to me the way I speak to my friends, you know, and like how yes. we feel inside. Like yes. I still feel 29 inside. I still yes. do yes. everything, you know, yes. I'm, I work out more than ever than I ever uh -huh. have and, and all that. And I, um, and I just realized, and I think a lot of us at this age sort of realized that, Oh my God, I done a lot. And I could, if I could just, you know, bring it all together and, and, I think that's what I'm feeling from next shot is it's, it's bringing together a lot of things that I did have done in my life. Like of course, journalism. And um, then we do a lot of uh, events. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like 
when I was on the lavender in the lavender uh, business, we had all you know had the seventeen thousand people, uh, but we had I put on big events. I always was putting on big events at uh-huh. our farm and so forth. So that part of 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 my background kind of uh, had uh, relevance. And then I was also we do trips. We travel. We, we take people on trips. And since I was doing the home, I did the homeschooling thing and traveling with my kids. I would be planning all these trips and presenting budgets to my husband and getting the best deals and make, you know, all, all of that. So in many, and so I have that experience. So it was just, it was kind of like, Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot I, I've had to learn on doing next tribe. Of course, you just, a lot of the digital stuff and the, the all the complications with the, the you know, Google analytics. And oh, it's <laughs> such a pain, isn't it? It, it, it is. You know, but it's 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 worth it, and you know, it's been um, it's been great to to kind of find a to be learning still. Like, okay, yes, still got my brain working. I can still absorb things. So, um, and so talk about talk about what next tribe is and does. So you have articles, much like Covey does. You have yes. events, much like what we do. But you're focusing a lot on the friendship and the friendship connections. Is that what would you say is your expertise? How would you, how would you explain well, it to somebody? Don't go online and look at nexttribe.com, right? Yes, yes. Um, don't go there. But beyond that, how would you explain it? Well, I would. I think that we definitely making connections with with women in this 45 ours is 45 plus age group and making connections both through the writing because I wanted to have like the best writers and Mm -hmm. you know our writers read like the the alumni of print women's magazines you know so you know that I know and and so because there's no place for them to go anymore exactly that's yes. exactly. And they're all so, you know, they're so talented yes. and they have so much to say about this time in our lives. They're so, That's it's right. such a rich time. And I, I wanted these really great writers to be able to express a lot of things that we might all be going through, but maybe we can't put into words or yes. find the right words. And so I think that in the articles to have the, the writer's, identifying things that uh, that are pretty universal at this age is as Jeannie, a way of back up because okay. you were going drop. in and out yeah okay. oh i don't know what I did. where did where did no, you answer it's just been the wi-fi um about like i don't know just like restart that thought and then go from there okay so um so i wanted uh writers who could uh, express some of the things that we all are going through at this, say, 45 plus age uh, range that we might not be able to put words to. Yes. So I really wanted these uh, these these great writers who made readers feel relevant, and understood, and heard. And so that that's that kind of a connection you mm-hmm. know, that that I wanted them to make on. On, on the screen on, in a digital form. But we early on realized that women love that face-to-face connection. Mm-hmm. So we have started in Austin's our test market and we're plan- making plans to expand to different cities, but mm-hmm. where we have in a lot of in real life 
events and experiences. So we have about a thousand women in Austin that regularly are on our face our, our Austin Facebook page and they get a separate newsletter. And we, I have a coordinator in Austin who, who just, she either plans events like happy hours and classes and, and things like that, or she just hooks them up like, Hey, I'm going to see a star is born and who wants to go with me and let's have dinner afterwards. And there'd be like 10 women who do that. So there's, mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's always things happening and it's, it's a, you know, I've found that, at, and I'm sure you know this, that at this time of life, when when you're in a big transition, it, it it can sometimes feel isolating. And, you know, a lot of women at this age, they're going through empty nest or right. possibly divorce right. or retirement. And so there's these big transitions. And I think it's just so helpful to have people to go through them with and, mm -hmm. to, um, and to, because your girlfriend's, especially at this age are important and really help their help. They help your health. I mean, they're, they're a boost mm -hmm. to your mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what's been the most successful thing that you've done as an example well, and the most successful article you've written? What has gotten the most traction? Oh my gosh. Well, um, shoot, we did a, a huge story early on. I mean, early on, uh, earlier this summer, um, uh, a writer Sheila Weller wrote a, a big report on suicide and at at you know women middle aged and older. I mean, mm -hmm. it's down down over subject, but it was so well done and and mm -hmm. the She's comments, great. yeah, the comments mm -hmm. on that were just oh my god. You know, I actually people were pouring their hearts out in in the comments, and right. a couple of times I had to, I two women I I went and I friended on Facebook. To, and checked on them because they sounded like they weren't in, in a good place. So, oh. um, so there, you know, that was big, but we've done, you know, story, we've got exclusive story with the first time um, Rosanna Arquette spoke about Harvey Weinstein was with, with us. So we got some exclusives and some other Carly Simon, some celebrities, but we've also had um, really good responses to, to, uh, uh, story about Swedish death cleaning. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, what? What the heck is that? <laughs> I know it's just it's a it's a it's a concept where you're cleaning out all of your your stuff it with the thought in mind of what's gonna happen to it after I die. And it sounds so depressing, but it is actually it's a very uh, it's a methodical way of of looking at all your objects and, and so forth. But that was it's it was huge, 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 huge. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. What did you, you convene events about Swedish death cleaning or no? Not? no okay, we haven't we haven't done that, but that okay. was a it was a huge one. And, That's and, so interesting. Okay, and I and I love um I love funny stories, and so I I mean any infusing humor in in yes. in articles is just so important to me because my mom has always said if you get old without a sense of humor, there's oh no God. hope for you. So. I've, then you are going to be Swedish death clean. Yeah, you are really. Don't have a, don't have a sense <laughs> and, of humor. And some of those we've done some a lot of not a lot, but quite a bit of quite a few health stories that that people, other magazines, other publications aren't discussing because they're not serving this audience. But you right. know about uh, frozen shoulder. You know who knew yes, that that's right. a thing and that's a problem. You know, so, yep, yep. Yeah. So um, those have been very very successful uh, articles. Uh, as well. And, 
so and then as far as events, you know, we've had some big big events, and we do book parties for a lot of our writers and so forth. So. Okay, just so kind of have so people will will go on. They have to go to your site, and they're going to look and look at all those articles, which is great. And then they can sign up for events with um, what you have. Now, talk a little bit about Jeannie about your tips and tricks for reinvention. I mean, you really do sound an awful lot more even than a serial reinventor. <laughs> You're more like an explorer, I would say. You seem like somebody who, you know, what, what they say a lot in the reinvention area is you have to keep your eyes open and take advantage of the reinventions that throw themselves in front of you. Right. A lot of people say they can't figure out what they should reinvent as. And I think sort of the thinking is it's because you're not open to it, but you, maybe you're more open to it than other well, people are. Well, I, I mean, it helps, as I said, it helps to have a husband who just kind of was is really pushing and but but then and I think when I when I started the Labner farm and when I got involved in it the door opened for, you know I saw oh there are other things to do besides just writing in the magazine industry you know what I'm right. so I agree with with that to be open but uh and, and one of my tips is and it goes just along with that it's called don't self-exclude meaning you know like Oh, I can't do that. No, I won't even try. I can't do that. Like if I had, when I was telling you about my doubts about starting Next Tribe, you know, oh, what? Who am I? Who do I think I am? You know, right. here in Texas, right. um, if I had listened to that, to those doubts, I would have self-excluded myself mm -hmm. and just said, okay, no, mm -hmm. I, I'm just not the person not to do qualified, it. Qualified, right? Yeah, I'm not. I feel I'm not qualified. So um, that I would say, please, you know, don't do that. And then uh, this is a, a, a phrase that I heard and I actually, you know, I actually wrote a memoir about my lavender experience. And it, this was one of the, the things I talked about is, is bloom where you're planted. You, you've, you've, <laughs> you've heard that. that oh, no, I have not. Uh, is that a saying? It's a saying. And I, I had it. never heard that before I, I wrote my lavender book and, um, and during, during my book tour, people would say that I'm like, Oh gosh! Oh. Why did I put that in the book? Dang it! <laughs> What's the name uh, of the book? So that it's people... called the Unlikely Lavender Queen. The Unlikely <laughs> Lavender Queen. I love it. Okay. All right. But so bloom where you're planted, meaning okay, you find yourself like I found myself out in the middle of nowhere in rural Texas with two small children, and my husband, crazy husband, starting lavender field. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just going to make it my own. I am going to say it's, it's like changing your whole mindset of, instead of being, yes. why is this so awful yes. to yes. wait, what is there here? What is yes. there here for me that I can do learn from whatever, just, just, it's just a matter of shifting your thinking. And I, and I really believe that um, is so important. And so then, interesting. I love these. Okay. <laughs> and they're so Texas. That's what I really love. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I don't have anybody else giving these. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, this one you probably, maybe you've heard, but of course, surround yourself with like-minded friends and community who can bolster you and, and uh, be a sounding board and who, who are on a similar journey. And um, I think that's, you know, my, my business partner, we, that's one reason we got in this together is because we both were kind of feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. And, but, and then also now with these next tribe group, the group in Austin and the ones I hope to, to spread is there's, 
it's not it's not a business networking group. It's it's just a friend a friend fun connection group where it's mm -hmm. not so. And I think just just being being with people who who are like you and who 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 have ideas and they want to help. And it's and again, I, I think it's it's more than just going to a, a networking business networking party. Mm -hmm. It's just having friends that that understand what you are trying to do and and understand the challenges and are there to boost you up. And probably it's helpful if you have not a lot of us do a lot that you have a very adventurous husband. <laughs> and honestly, I would say that, you know, a lot of the issues um, in relationships as you get older is that the woman tends to feel very adventurous and the husband is less adventurous. So it's kind of unusual. You really have a gift there that, you know, you have somebody who's um, moving Yes, and uh, you know you're moving with them, which is wonderful. And um, well, it's it's a it cuts both ways, of course, because right. you know a lot of people. I have to say, when people read my book, sometimes they're like, "Wait, how did you stay with him?" I mean, I mean seriously, <laughs> he can I put down him. roots, right? So he yeah, can't he put, put down, down roots. You have to. Yeah. So so you know he's just he's not the type who would always, who would sit and watch TV and watch football games. He's always doing something. So it, it can have, it can sound good in some ways, but then it can drive you crazy too. It's right. like, okay, can we just breathe for a minute? <laughs> right. Because yeah, at a certain point you want to put down your roots and have your roots and have all that. Yes. Well, you've made the best of it, obviously. It's fantastic. I love, I just, this such a unique story and I, I love the fact that you're doing, so much for the same crowd that I'm doing stuff for. And I know that my listeners are going to be thrilled and they will look at Next Tribe and they'll also look at your uh, your book, which I think is great. Oh, thank you. And I love Covey Club. I love that you're doing it. And I love that you're bringing that beautiful um, ideas from More Magazine and uh, you're back. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, you know, just like you, throwing things at the wall, seeing what works. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I love the fact that, you know, you're out on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. Maybe there's some things that we can do together down the road, which would be really fun. And it. I so appreciate it. And um, I thank you so much for being on Reinvent Yourself. And thanks for sharing all those wonderful thoughts and tips and tricks. Thank you for having me, Leslie. All right. Take care. Bye. So I want to thank all of you for listening to Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I hope that if you like the broadcast, that you will rate us on iTunes or whatever system you have for getting your podcast. That will raise our visibility for other women who need to reinvent, and then they can access us that way. I hope you'll join the Covey Club also, which is a platform for women that has events, online events, offline events, content, and wonderful stories about women reinventing themselves. And I hope that you enjoyed Jeannie Ralston. She is a, a wonderful serial reinventor, and I think we can all learn from her. And I think it's kind of unique and interesting when it's your spouse that forces you into all these reinventions. And I hope that you will join us next time for Reinvent Yourself. 
Thanks a lot.